Now that I've retired my Scoutmaster badge, I'm able to write what I would have appreciated reading when I first took up the job 30 years ago. Like any new scouter, I was, at first, concerned with the obvious, what we did at meetings, where we were going camping, how we would get there, and what we would do once we arrived. With the young man's audacity and overconfidence, I tried to imitate the slickness and regimentation I envied in some scout troops. I imagined myself leading an orderly column of scouts on parade and having folks tell each other what a great guy I was. I was anxious to look the part, too. I bought a campaign hat and a red jacket and admired the patches and decorations that other scouters wore. None of those things made me a better scouter, and some of the attitudes I adopted made me insufferably self-important. Eventually, I became much more interested in doing actual good rather than just looking the part. I wanted to be useful rather than simply chasing the appearance of success. I began to ask myself how exactly this game in the outdoors benefited young people. What could I do to make the most of my opportunity as a scouter? Some of the answers came from older, more experienced scouters, some from the scouts themselves, some from working through my many mistakes and missteps. But the real revelation was stumbling on the writings of scouting's founder, Robert Baden-Powell. Baden-Powell, or BP, had a knack for getting at the heart of things. His brief but meaningful aids to scoutmastership is required reading for any scouter. Ten years ago, I started writing a blog at scoutmastercg.com. I gained a small readership and started fielding questions. I struggled to write clearly and offer useful advice, and I finally hit on the idea of telling a story to illustrate what I've come to understand about scouting over the past three decades. What would I do if I had the chance to start all over again? What if I knew then what I know now? Most of our training courses and official literature present an idealized, sanitized, and artificial picture of scouting. We'd all like to think scouting is like the images we see in a Norman Rockwell painting, but being a scoutmaster means working with real people. Real people argue. Scouts misbehave. Parents can overreact. Scouts get discouraged, and little goes as smoothly as those idealized images would have you believe. After some years, I stopped trying to imitate an idealized picture and started helping scouts discover authentic scouting for themselves. We all stand on the shoulders of just over a century of scouting's combined experience. There are no new problems, we encounter the same challenges, and all of us muddle through as best we can. If you are expecting a book full of systematic instructions or closely defined policy statements, you're going to be disappointed you'll find that getting the policies and procedures right isn't all that difficult. Catching the spirit of our work is the bigger challenge. Scouting isn't quite like anything else young people do. Once you have a handle on why we do what we do as scouters, the policies and procedures begin to make sense, and they become nearly intuitive. I lay no claim that what you'll read is the only authentic way of doing things, or even that I'm close to having everything right. Troops are like families. They have different ways of functioning, their own quirks and traditions. So long as scouters do no harm, I think any child can get a lot out of being a scout. This narrative loosely follows my own experiences, but the new scoutmaster in the story begins knowing things that took me many years to understand. All of the names have been altered, but there are enough clues here and there that some of my old scouts and fellow scouters may recognize themselves. What I've written does not bear the endorsement of any scouting organization. 
I wrote it with the hope you'll find it useful and inspire you to discover something more about the spirit of your work as a scouter.